you're looking crafty. You could make a raft out of pencils and foam. You sure looking happy. Hello, welcome. Hello. I love how you're welcoming me to the podcast. So, Phil, can I, we're playing a role change today because I'm recording instead, right? Yes, so uh, we're going to apologize in advance for the poor sound quality, but our recording software has decided that it is not going to try to keep up with Mac software updates anymore. So we're going to, we are on the hunt for a new uh, recording system, but for this time, just because we needed to record, otherwise we didn't know when we would be able to do it again. Uh, we are using our old system that we know doesn't sound perfect, but hey, that's how it is. It, I, it is what it is. But, uh, if other people, especially those who listen to lots of podcasts or have podcasts of their own, have any recommendations, we're all ears. Literally all ears because we'll do anything that's better. <laughs> yeah. But this is gonna feel like an old school, like, tech talk with your girlfriend on the phone when you're having a real rough day. <laughs> that, that, I'm putting myself in the place of, oh my God, it's a personal phone call directly to me. Oh, thanks. Yes. <laughs> and it's directly to all of you fine people as well. <laughs> um, so so I, we, we bypassed the introductions already. So I'm Eileen. <laughs> I'm Miranda. And this is a Stitchcraft podcast number 25. We, can we are now old enough. <laughs> I was just about to make that joke. <laughs> The best part is because we can't see each other while we're recording that I, I will really enjoy seeing what um, jokes you come up with or if we're just going to say the same thing. But I'm okay with us saying the same thing. It's going to happen. <laughs> um, so let's start this out right. What are you having? What, what's in your cup? Uh, so I am having a, um, a drink that I'm, I'm trying to think where I – first came across this variation on it, but basically it's a Manhattan. Um, I prefer my Manhattans on the less boozy side, so I put more vermouth in them than other people probably do. Um, so I like a perfect Manhattan, so it's um, one part of your, you know, brown liquor of choice. I have uh, Cedar Ridge um, bourbon, uh, from Iowa, and so I think it's called like a called like an Iowa bourbon or something because it's not you know it's it's made from corn, and mm-hmm. um, then it is a half part sweet vermouth, a half part dry vermouth, and then instead of the standard um, Angostura bitters, the aromatic bitters, which are really nice, um, I am using plum bitters. Uh, these are from brothers and they're basically um like on the bottle it basically says like oh you know the sort of flavors you would expect from like a plum pudding i i have no idea what a plum pudding tastes like i've never eaten a plum pudding but (laughs) i know what i'm yeah i know what i'm supposed to think that smells and tastes like which is christmas so um (laughs) that is (laughs) that is why i have it uh yeah i'm trying to i think there was a I think there was a place in Iowa City that had a Manhattan with plum bitters, and that's what made me try this. I want to say it was maybe like Pullman Bar and Grill or something like that. But anyway, um, Pat ordered one, and it was delightful. So I found some plum bitters and made one for myself, and it is, it's just as delightful now as it was before. I feel like I have a little bit of spice to it. I like it. I feel like not enough people play around with bitters. We've talked about this before, but bitters, fantastic. Tonic, fantastic. So many things. Yeah, there are a lot of uh, situations in which I really feel like the bitters make the drink. Um, Because if you ever try to have an old-fashioned without bitters, it's just uh, too sugary and it's just like sugar and booze and there's nothing, you know, more complex to it. Now, I'm sure there are people who you know, can taste all of the flavor variation that it's in rye and bourbon, and I sometimes can, but mostly not. You know, mostly it tastes more like booze to me than anything else. Um, so I I really like the bitters in that situation. Um, and, in fact, 
uh, one of the Christmas presents I got, I want to say, last year or the year before, was um, Bitterman's book on bitters uh, that covers um, <laughs> recipes for how to make your own. I know, right? Hilarious, the guy. The name Bitterman. is great. <laughs> yes. Um, but they talk about um, recipes for making your own bitters as well as how to use bitters in things that are not uh, booze, you know, like how to use them in salad dressings and cooking and things like that, which is really nice. So that is. Yeah. I actually hadn't even thought of that in salad dressings, but there, I mean, to be fair, there's a lot of applications I think that you could use it in. So yes. Interesting. I like it. I personally, a lot of times just like bitters in, um, plain soda water. So, you know, if I want to have something that that smells nice and tastes nice but doesn't have a lot of sugar and doesn't really have any booze in it to speak of, um, technically I suppose it has a tiny, 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 tiny bit from the bitters, but, you know. But not, you know, diluted by the amount of soda water and, you know, ice and everything like that. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a negligible amount, but if if you're the sort of person who for religious reasons doesn't drink alcohol you probably can't have the bitters in soda but um you know if you're just looking for something that tastes good and will not get you intoxicated that is a good way to also exactly um so uh shout out to our friend emily for uh showing me the ways of the bitters and lemon soda when out in san francisco because she's like sometimes you just don't want to drink or sometimes you need a break and i'm like what going to a bar and not drink I don't understand like I was in my 20s I didn't understand but um I loved it and once I ordered that it made me feel like I'm, oh I can still hang out and be a part of the crew and I'm not just drinking a like a bottle of water or something or a cup of water it was it was just something better than a soda because I definitely didn't want soda or caffeine or anything like that and shout out to her for making for making a life-changing suggestion to me I highly appreciate it <laughs> Um, so what are well, you having? What is? So I actually got something last week, or not last week, sorry, it was last month actually, it was a few weeks ago, um, for this podcast, because I was like, I need to keep it real real local, I need to get this back, because I keep drinking a lot of Wisconsin beers, and I'm in Minnesota, mm-hmm. I know better. Um, so the day after my birthday, I hung out with our friend Lisa, and she lives up in Maple Grove, which is north and west of Minneapolis, and we went and got like pedicures together and like just had fancy girl time and she was like well do you want to keep hanging out and I was like I do which by the way I totally brought wine to the uh the pedicure canned wine not just not just for picnics anymore for pedicures Um, (laughs) it's for beef it's for everything I mean whenever you need a can of wine you got them there's no like filling it up you know the Franzia into a, a coke can like it's always sunny in Philadelphia now you can get the nice shit it's real nice so anyways, I'd gotten us both um, some wine in a can, and then after we were done with our pedicure, she was like, you want to keep hanging out? I was like, yeah. She was like, let's go to a brewery. I'm like, okay. And she, I guess Mabel Girl has a ton of breweries, too. Like, that is a very much a Minnesota, Iowa, Wisconsin. I would say most of the Midwest has gone real hard on the craft brewery scene. Um, but it's delightful because it's also replaced bars that I think um, – allowed you know like back in the day in, at least in wisconsin you could bring your whole family to the bar like you could bring your kids you could bring your grandparents you could hang out after church like kind of a weird community social center but that's what breweries are now like they totally are okay with kids there they have board games tables for like family seating and food and stuff like that so maple grove a very cool family-friendly town but also just surrounded by really great breweries so the one that she took me to was called Omni, O-M-N-I. Um, I actually have a sweatshirt. You're kidding. Cat going there. <laughs> I've never been there, but I have the sweatshirt. I love it. I also just took a big old sip for some reason I'm in the middle of me talking. But oh, I love it. <laughs> I was like, okay, way to way to no tell me how my story ran. <laughs> no, no, I love that you actually got like a sweatshirt from it. This is up there with like. I always collect a little bit of brewery paraphernalia for people I know that love stickers and coasters and stuff like that. But um, I didn't pick up anything from them other than I went a little crazy. I got two crowlers, um, and then I also picked up uh, meat sticks and cheese because that's where we live now. We live in the north. 
far as where you can get cheese and, you know, meat sticks at the brewery. So I got a bunch of stuff like that. Um, so the beer that I'm having today in my crowler is called, uh, it's called Fad, F-A-D, for freaking, uh, freaking awesome delicious. <laughs> it's, a, it's a, like a, I don't think it's a double IPA, but it's a, um, East Coast IPA style. Um, and I, I guess it's kind of like their anniversary ale. So they're doing, oh cool. I wouldn't say ale, but you know what I'm saying. Like their anniversary beer. It's got citra hops in it. You all know I love citra hops. So it's really, it's really good. And then I also got another one that's kind of like a sour and it's called, uh, milkshake. And it is like sweet and delicious and fantastic, but I, I was waiting to share it with a friend who I know loves sweet beers too. So I was like, oh, I'm going to hold on the sour sweet beer. I'll at least have this, uh, this fad while I hang out with you on Stitchcraft. So yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a thing now about these, um, milkshake IPAs or milkshake sours that have lactose added to them. So they start off as a sour beer or as an IPA, which obviously is hoppy and, you know, flavorful in that way. And apparently this is a thing now where they, they add lactose to it to make it sweeter and I think a little more um, – no, it changes the mouthfeel in a way that I don't really quite understand – um, and then, of course, it changes the, changes the look, so it looks um, cloudy. It is. Like, I mean, I already like a lot of those unfiltered, uh, hazy IPAs. And, you know, mm-hmm. wheat beers, if they're unfiltered, are really beautiful and, and cloudy. Um, I do not know about the lactose thing. That's kind of wild. I, that is really interesting. And also, this is, I'm going to take it to a nasty place. A lot of people already don't get along too well with, like, draft tap systems. <laughs> <laughs> they're not cleaned regularly and things like that. Some people score in possibility free, you know, and beer farts, beer shits happen from going to the breweries and things like that. So I can only imagine if you also on top of that have a lactose problem. I'm curious if that's <laughs> I'm like, ooh, double whammy for you and your tum tum. <laughs> <laughs> not my problem. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was going to say, at least for the local breweries here, when I see them do a milkshake IPA, they do put it in their um, – sort of like flavor notes, you know, so they'll say like, you know, uh, for example, Back Pocket has done several uh, milkshake IPAs, and they'll say like, fruity, citrusy, lactose, like it just says it straight up so that you know what you're getting into. Well, and also, I'm curious, though, like, if you're a vegetarian or vegan, those are tech, these are kind of off limits now, right? I guess so. That's kind of interesting. Sorry, it's just kind of a... I guess not if you're vegetarian, if you're vegan. Right. I, I mean, it depends on what, the line that you that you draw for yourself kind of thing. But I was yeah. just curious. I'm like, oh, i got to think about this now when I get these milkshake styles and stuff like that to share with people. So, But it also seems like they're still so new that you can only get crowlers and growlers to take home. I haven't seen any of them bottled yet. No, I don't. I don't think I have either. Well, it's still delicious. I like it a lot. Or, sorry, I'm not having that milkshake right now. I'm having the fad. But I am going to be like, ooh, I better get on top of the, the milkshake one I have. Because these Crowler cans from Omni are good for 30 days. So I've got got a whole another 10 days to go. I can go for it. Um, Do you really think they're not good in 30 days? That's what it says with a can. Also, do you like how high-pitched my voice got? To the <laughs> Did you? are like, that's what it says with a can. It says, uh, let me turn the can. It's such a big can. It's like a Foster's oil can, but I actually think it's bigger than a Foster's oil can. Um, I swear it said something on, yeah, you have 30 days unopened from the date on the can, but you definitely don't have to wait that long to enjoy. Um, I wonder why they say that, though, because I've definitely had beer in crawlers for much longer than that, and it was totally fine. I wonder if they just have to say that for, you know, quality purposes or something. Did I ever tell you about my friend who is a taste engineer, like she's a food engineer and taste engineer for General Mills? No. Sorry, this is a little side note, but her and then another coworker of mine um, at Target was me- were mentioning um, the the flavor scales in which people make decisions of this is good, this is bad, this is edible, this is not edible, 
And, you know, food is actually very safe for a very long time. The way that we make our food, the way that we store our food, um, even stuff without preservatives, a lot of salt, a lot of uh, air quality control, you know, things like that, keep our food actually very shelf-stable naturally now. Um, they're really good about it. That's why you're seeing more and more options because people are better about their packaging or they're better about ordering so that there's better turnover on products and things. But the flavor profiles do shift over time. And there's something on the scale that's like, it's like edible, um, consumable, like it's something like, it's like the down, the downgrade. And then one of them said rancid. But still edible. Like, apparently rancid is still edible, even though the word rancid to me is awful. Don't eat that. That's bad. But I guess it's Right, but it's not dangerous. It's not, frankly, dangerous. It's not dangerous. Exactly. But it is still edible. There's still, like, you know, calories and nutrition to be gained from this. But the flavor is not what is ideal. And um, the thing that kind of blew my mind about this whole thing, and I'm sorry, I'm, I'm digressing a little bit, but... You know, clearly everyone has a threshold of what's okay, what's not okay. But the the scale in which they're thinking of is it's a piece of cake. People love cake. So if you're the person who takes if this cake is a little bit past like the ideal cell cell date or whatever. Actually, it's not even a cell date. They don't. This is them trying to figure out what the cell date is. Um, but it's basically, did you finish the piece of cake? Did you, did you eat a few bites? Did you eat a a bite and then spit it out? Did you, you know, put it away, throw the whole thing away? You know, like there's like this whole like downgrading system. Um, But they use the cake analogy because everyone loves cake. And like, well, people people have different thresholds for what's an acceptable version of cake. Oh, God. I mean, ask me at 2 a.m. on Saturday. I'm going to eat a shitty, terrible cake. Absolutely. I will eat the whole thing. But on Monday, maybe not. Um, But, uh, what I loved about it is that they found out at least at this one, this one person I was talking to, she said macadamia nuts are not fresh as far as how long it takes for them to come to the United States. So the flavor profile in which Americans like macadamia nuts is actually closer to rancid than it is fresh because we have grown up with stale macadamia nuts or slightly aged macadamia nuts. There is no like "Mm, fresh ones. And so They've actually people have had to modify their flavors and age macadamia nuts because you know logistics are so good they can get you macadamia nuts way fresher way faster now um, to change it to the profile of American taste which is slightly rancid. That's it. I'm <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I love that this is from these are these tests and these ideals and these standards to get to figure out what's good and what's not okay to, to eat. Um, but really it comes down to just the flavor because most food's pretty safe for a pretty long time. Um, so you might have a point. This, you know, this brewery, Omni, might have put on their can good for 30 days because that's when they felt like it was still the same all the way through, you know, for those 30 days mm-hmm. versus like, oh, it might have changed a little bit. But God knows, I got this on November 17th. Who knows, like, how different it might taste? I don't remember. All I know is I was really excited to buy it. <laughs> so. I'm still here drinking it. I still like it. So, anyways, that was a really long-winded story. But I've heard a lot of people like this segment, so we went with it. <laughs> I'm going to blow it up. Make sure you get the most of what you came here for. Right? I'm sure everyone yeah. pour another beer, another foamy beer, because I can't tilt my glass. Anyways, people tried to tell me the other day they want the big foam. And I was like, mm, no, no, you don't. Not always. And uh, I tried, someone tried to outsmart me on this, and I was like, nay, your cup should not be half foam. Official, never. Um, no, definitely not half foam, but you do want some. You want some, and there's is there's some truth to foam being good in proportion for different beers, like different size foam for different beers. Absolutely. And the only thing I know that is true across all is that your foam should cling to the glass. And that's how you know the glass is clean. The foam should cling to the glass? I don't think I know what you mean. Well, as you drink your beer, you should have residue of the of the foam and the bubbles going down. It hasn't completely, like, cleared away because the glass is that clean. The glass is that clean and the, the beer is at its best temperature and flavor. I've heard that. I don't know. 
But I've also heard not to not to make your your glasses or your mugs frosty. Like they should be room temperature, not um cold, which I think is kind of some bullshit because I'm from Wisconsin where my dad I say my dad like he's not yours. Our dad had a full cooler dedicated to frosty mugs. So I don't know. Well, I think, but also if you think back to the beer that was being served in that particular establishment, <laughs> it probably helped the flavor profile that you, there weren't a lot of aromatics coming out of there. You're kind of keeping everything chilled and palatable. You know, I'm just saying. Old style PBR. I feel like they didn't really have a different, they just slapped a different label on the keg. Honestly. <laughs> oh, well, and when it's those beers, can you tell? By the I way, can't tell. I, I can't tell. I can't tell the difference between old style and PBR. I can tell Miller High Life from Miller Light. I can tell Miller uh, High Life from PBR. But I can't tell old style and PBR from each other. I can't. But um, I was just going to say, last little note about drinking. Uh PBR, Pat Blue Ribbon, is getting uh, forced out of business. Oh, I know. I, I'm trying to remember if it, it's – I think they're owned by – like, they're a subsidiary of Miller, and Miller is almost doubling the cost of their kegs in a forced, like, kill-off. Like, they're trying to overprice the, the uh, PBR kegs so that Miller Lite has a larger share in the cheap beer market. That's the brand that I think it's focused on. And I'm like, mm, I disagree, but okay. So, anyways, kind of interesting. I can't say I care tremendously either. I don't. And, you know, it's a lot of a lot of beer companies and, and uh, brands have gone to the wayside. There's no reason to fight for it. Like, I'm not going to fight for this one. I don't buy PBR now. <laughs> so that's why I'm like, eh, but it's interesting. If it's got a big hole in your heart, buy that collectible memorabilia now. Now. <laughs> but anyway, all right, let's get on with the show. <laughs> what <are you> <laughs> uh, well, I I really wasn't going to talk too much about what I'm working on because we have now hit the season of secrets when it comes to oh. making. So, mm-hmm. sorry, y'all. It's not like I can't talk about what anybody is making or I can't talk about cool stuff that I've come across. It's more that um, I can't, I I don't want to say what I am making because I am confident that some of our fine listeners are going to be receiving some of these goods. So Mm -hmm. um, we're just going to bypass what am I working on and we're going to, we're going to telegraph, telegraph, teleport (laughs) straight into um, things I'm gonna make when I go back to selfish crafting. Well, I, I say go ahead and talk about your selfish crafting items. But I'm curious also if you have any recommendations for gifts. If any of oh, I do. All right, because I got a few as well. Yes. Let's, let's well, we probably should. What's that? We probably should have discussed which things we would have suggested beforehand so that I don't steal any of yours. But we'll just, you know, go back and forth. And if we agree on things, then uh, that'll be no surprise to anybody. <laughs> well, for the skilled person, my suggestions were literally like something on Amazon. So why don't you just go ahead and kick this off? <laughs> ah, okay. So uh, if we're moving forward, and we'll just take a, a brief – well, why don't – why don't I – I'll, I'll – I will uh, sideline my um, selfish future crafting because we can always come back to that, and we'll just go straight for uh, things I would recommend as gifts. And there are many things that are relatively simple to make as gifts uh, that you can do in a short amount of time without a whole lot of money. Um, So uh, the one that springs to mind right now off the top of my head is – like facial sprays and uh, aromatic sprays. Um, the reason this is coming to mind is because uh, just this past weekend, Iowa City had um, a an event. I can't remember what the name of it was, but it was basically like a bunch of downtown businesses decided to have um, a 
beginning of a holiday season event where you could go from shop to shop and they would have cookies and drinks and little, you know, raffles for things and discounts on local stuff and it was really fun shopping. And then um, one of the local yarn shops, uh, Home Ec, had a little uh, fair called Craft and Fancy, and they've done it, I think, several Ooh. times now. And so they not only, if you went to Home Ec, not only did they have uh, their regular yarns and fabric and patterns and things like that, but they also had a bunch of other uh, local makers selling their goods. And one of the people um, is a woman who makes, a variety of uh, scented goods, like she had a um, salt soak, and she had, uh, I think she, at some point she had soaps. By the time that I got to her, uh, her stash was quite a bit smaller than when uh, she started, <laughs> and she was doing pretty well. Um, but I did arrive in time to pick from the... Um, sprays that she had made, and they are sort of uh, essential oils and distilled water, um, so, you know, you have to shake them up, but they have this really lovely smell, um, and I just, if you heard me walking around inside my house just now, it's because I was going to my bathroom to get this spray, um, so the woman, um, her business is called Izzy the Alchemist, and um, what... Yeah, it's a really good name. And I bought uh, the spray that she has called Grounding, and it sort of has sense of, um, I want to say maybe like a basilly minty type smell and then some sort of earthy smells that are sort of like sweet but also, uh, how to describe it, sweet and a little bit herbal, um, mm-hmm. which I thought was really nice. And it just made me think that, you know, I remember a while ago looking up recipes for making your own facial sprays, um, and I did not do it because I got distracted by five million other things, but um, <laughs> it's pretty easy to go onto uh, Amazon if you don't have a local craft shop, or you could go to, you know, your local Joann's or whatever, and buy little spray bottles, and then um, to make the facial spray, um, you can just use distilled water or... Uh, teas, because the caffeine in teas is sometimes nice for sort of, um, like, especially under your eyes, kind of making your skin sort of feel like it tightens up a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So it can feel really nice in the mornings to have that. So I I actually bought a bunch of green tea with the intent of making something like that. Like I said, I didn't finally go get around to it, but, um, you know, you can do, you know, like, half tea, half water. You can mix in other essential oils that smell nice to you. Um, It can all be pretty inexpensive um, because you don't need very much of an essential oil to make the spray smell like that oil. Mm -hmm. Um, And it can come together pretty quickly. I thought that was a cool maker idea. Um, And there's all kinds of, like, neat little... um, labels and stickers and stuff that you can buy. So you wouldn't even necessarily have to get it in a plain bottle. Like you could jazz it up with some labels that look semi-professional. Um, so that's cool. That's a cool idea. I, and I think it's – go ahead. Oh, I was just saying – and I was going to say, if you don't have things you can print out as stickers, buying stickers are always really cute too. So yeah, um, I was like, put some glitter stickers on them. Go, 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 go. Um, exactly. Your next one. Sorry, go ahead. Mm. So my next one is probably something that would be a little more for um, people who are seasoned crackers, um, but very few people really don't have any use for hats and mittens. So for whatever whatever skill set you have, whether it's knitting or crocheting, you can make, especially if you choose um, – when you and I were at Vogue Knitting Live, we saw that super, super chunky yarns are in style or are about to come back in style. Yes, definitely. And so if you make something with super chunky yarn, it does not take very long and it doesn't take very much. So you could buy, 
you know, one tank of yarn and buy it in like a super bulky, like um, Malabrigo Rasta or um, Manosil Uruguay Maxima. Those are really big yarns. They're not very expensive. So it would be maybe 15 or 20 bucks to make Pat and you'd be done and it wouldn't take you very long. And there are a bunch of free patterns you can get on Ravelry if you don't have a pattern that you like. Um, if you are not a skilled knitter and you do not want to learn, um, there are also really simple patterns you can find for um, making mittens and hats just out of fleece. So you could go, again, to, like, your local fabric shop. will have some very, very cute fleeces, and you could pretty easily make a pair of um, – mittens or a hat out of fleece, and the, the pattern would not be very complicated. If you don't have a machine, you could hand sew it. I mean, it doesn't take very long, and it's not that hard. Um, so, so when uh, you and I, I were in – what? Oh, no, I have to add on to this one, but go on. Finish when you and I were. Uh, when we were in Minneapolis at Knit and Bolt, um, they had some really, really cool fleeces, I thought. Um there's really neat patterns, um, both for kids and for adults. Um, so yeah, that's something that I think you could, you could, uh, sort of adjust the difficulty level based on your personal skill set and preferences and time that you have to put into it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, so I'll add a little bit on the fleece thing because that was actually one of my recommendations was you can make a fleece blanket. I was just at Old Navy tonight for work. I was shopping around, had a look at some stuff, and they had fleece blankets there, and it was garbage polar fleece. I think Old Navy's got really great stuff, but this was definitely a throwaway at the at the register. Like, oh, you you forgot to buy a gift for someone you don't like? Here's a $20 fleece blanket. And I was like, <laughs> oh, not okay. It was poorly printed, like the snowmen were slightly askew or do you know what I mean? Like the, mm-hmm. some of it wasn't good, but they had plaids that were printed that were really cute. Like in general, printed fleece is really, it leaps and bounds above where the polar fleece conversation started over like 20, almost 30 years ago. Um, and I've been watching this whole, you know, polar fleece and um, these kind of like almost wooled and felted, not wool, but uh, felted uh, poly fleeces, microfiber fleeces. Um, they're just so prevalent in our market. Um, but I've been working at a fabric store for – I used to work at a fabric store when I was a lot younger. And I've seen just the print quality get better and better and better as time has gone on. And so this is where I also am going to use my knowledge of working in a fabric store to say, now is the time – all of the fabric stores in your neighborhood, whether it be as big as a Joanne or small as like a knit and bolt, have polar fleece in stock. Then on top of that, most of them are running specials. Most of them are running specials on that at like 50% off or even more. Like sometimes it'll be like 2 to $3 a yard, which is craziness. And you can like, you know, just as Island had said, you could do like the, you could do some mittens, you could do a hat, you could do a scarf. This is also a really great place to do a blanket. Um, and you can just buy a, a certain amount of square yardage if you want to do square, or you can do a long rectangle of a print or a pattern that you love. And because there is more and more options out there, you can even order this online if you wanted to, if you really want a specific print. Um, but, like, Knit and Bolt has a lot of um, curated prints is the best way I can put it, but they are very – particular to the clientele. They have a lot of stuff that represents Minneapolis. They have a lot of stuff that's very, you know, mid-century modern prints on things. So, like, they have really great prints. And, you know, you can find all that kind of stuff at your local store versus, like, a Joanne will have more general trends and, you know, average stuff. But a really great gift to make to somebody is a blanket. You can just buy that yardage, and you can either fringe with just a pair of scissors, fringe it on the side to make it look finished, or you can buy yarn or an embroidery cloth and do a whip stitch um, around the edge of the – or it's called whip or a blanket stitch around the edge of the blanket to make it look a little bit more finished. But you can use it with a large craft needle, super easy. And it just looks so finished and beautiful. And people love when you pick out a pattern for them that is specific to them. Like I made Dad a quilt. Um, I made a quilt for him over 20 years ago. 
am I really saying that? Yeah, I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Take another drink for the old age. <laughs> oh, here it comes. Hold on. Thank you, Crowler. Um, anyways, <laughs> I bought um, – I bought enough to make a king-size um, blanket, but I bought it to quilt it, which is kind of crazy. Like, there was no way to quilt it. It was way too heavy. But I did it in a four-square formation, and that allowed me to get a couple of different prints that my dad would love. So there's mallard ducks on one. There's moose and deer on another. And then there's, like, uh, a couple plaids and just different prints that I, I couldn't decide on. So I decided just to stick them all together. And I used my machine, but it was the fastest blanket I've ever put together. Like, you could definitely have hand-sewed it all together. That's the best part of fleece, though. It just doesn't unravel. So making that big quilted blanket for Dad, I did another side of it, which is a little bit more of, like, a large square with, like, a frame around it in another color. And Dad loved it. Dad still uses it. Dad moved into his nursing home and demanded that he still had this king-size um, quilt. <laughs> And he now folds it over double, and also he gets real cold, so he's happy with it. But he refuses to let it go. Like, he loves it so much. And it's all the patterns and colors and things that he already has in his home. And I think because I picked them out for him, he loved it. You know, yeah. and my dad, I would say my dad, our dad, our dad loves, and so does our mom, they love handcrafts. So, like, even though I didn't make this print, I did make that blanket for him. If I had made him a throw where I just fringed the edges, he would have loved it too. But this is that one place where you don't have to have a whole lot of skill to make something that keeps someone warm and toasty. Um, it could even be an emergency blanket. You could wrap it up in a certain way so that people can have an emergency blanket for their car. That's always a really good thing too. I don't think enough people have blankets in their cars, um, cars when they actually don't realize they probably should have one. It's pretty important. Um, you never know when you have an emergency picnic or, you know, <laughs> or you're in traffic and you have low gas, you know, and you can't uh, burn your gas and you're just waiting for something like if there's a huge, you know, traffic jam or something and it's cold. You should have a blanket in your car. So that's my first big gift and that had to like riff off of your whole, you know, fleece conversation. I'll also add that Jersey and sweatshirt fleece, which is called French terry or sometimes just, you know, um, knit fleece, that has more of like that cotton-based fabric. It's a little, you know, you know, sweatshirts and t-shirts and sweatpants and things like that come to that. Those are also things that don't unravel. So you can make other craft sets. You can make a pair of mittens. You can make a scarf. You can do other things. And you can cut and modify. So if you wanted to buy those kinds of fabrics, too, you could. Um, I've seen really great infinity scarves made out of jersey, which is T-shirt material. If you live in Los Angeles or someplace warm, you don't want a polar fleece scarf. You don't want a polar fleece blanket. But you can go and get um, sweatshirt fleece and make a little throw out of that. Or you can make a scarf for somebody. Like I, I think these infinity scarves are really great. You just have to stitch it once in a long tube. And it becomes a really easy scarf for someone to wear, you know, leaving yoga, especially if they're leaving hot yoga and they're really cold when they leave. That's why they, that's why they have those layers, people. That's why. <laughs> so that's, that was my big thing was, like, knits are easy. Knits can work. Yeah, so in thinking, going back to your blanket thing, um, if you really don't want to do any knit stitches at all, any needlework at all, or if you want a project to do with children, uh, generally you, they would have to be children who are capable of following some directions um, so that you don't have to undo some of the work they do. But basically, if you want to make a double-thick fleece blanket or a double-thick sweatshirt blanket, you just buy two pieces of fabric that are the same dimensions, and you fringe both of them in the same way. So, like... You know, it, you can cut a fringe where each piece of fringe is an inch wide and then knot it together along the edges. And then you have a reversible blanket where it's awesome. You know, one, and so, like, the kids, kids can tie knots. Like, that's something that they can do. Yeah. Or if your kids are a little bit older, they can, like, measure out the distance between the cuts and make the cuts. And the best thing about it is, like, 
if one cut is a little bit longer, a little bit shorter, nobody actually cares because when you look at the whole blanket, whether it's a lap blanket or, you know, a twin size blanket, whatever it is, um, those little variations in how big the ties are on the side, nobody can visually really detect that very well. Um, so it's a okay. good sort of like crafty project. And again, right now, if um, your local stores have fleeces or sh- sweatshirts or things like that on sale, you know, it's a good time to do it for not too much money. Well, I have another suggestion for guests that's actually ripping yeah. off of your face uh, misters. Um, mm-hmm. It involves essential oil, and I'm not an oil person. I want to make I want to be 100% clear. I don't buy it from anybody. I'm not into it. It is not my life. I'm not I'm not that person. But I'm not going to deny that they smell real good. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure about the principles. I have no idea of like the principles or this um, or the benefits. I'm not really sure of all of these things. There's a lot of there's a lot of culture surrounding these essential oils that are um, that many people agree with, believe, follow, and um, I don't ever want to like dismiss it. I know it's real. There's you know there's a lot of people who love it, but I just love to smell things that are nice. I love smelling clean. I love smelling calm. I love smelling all these things that kind of like trigger in us. I'm at the spa, but surprise, I'm at home. Like who doesn't love that? Who doesn't love that? Um, so my other idea, which is kind of riffing up your face mist and other ideas similar to it, is the rollerball essential oil gift. And the reason I bring this up is that we just did this at work the other day where I work. We did this as a big team building activity. But you can buy a few essential oils and then a filler oil like coconut oil and then but also buy like the rollerball and um, glass tube set off of Amazon or, I mean, Amazon's not the best place ever on earth, but you can buy this at a local store that might have these items in stock um, or you can buy it online through, you know, maybe you have a friend who's a supplier or something. But these are great gifts that you can buy the ingredients for and fill a number of bottles and make some stocking stuffers for people. Or if it's for your coworkers, maybe it's not about Christmas, it's just about that holiday gift like I'm thinking about you. And I also don't want to just feed you cookies or, you know, give you a gift card. This could be something that you can spend a little bit of money, like near, depending on the quality of the oils and the quality of everything that you're buying, you could spend $20 and make a lot of gifts. You can make like 10 of these for people, or you can spend a lot more money on higher quality oils and make the same amount of gifts. But, you know, it's up to you to have that discretion in what you want to do. But you could make a blend of something, like a calming essential oil rollerball, or you could do a um, a wake-up one that has, like, orange and lemon and other, like, really, you know, fresh scents. Um, there's a lot of different things out there that you could blend together, and then, it's, again, it's still a personal gift, but it's also not, like, this came from my kitchen. Please eat it. No. Because <laughs> I don't know about you, but I, I need to see a photo of someone's kitchen before I eat their food. I'm a little weird. Um, <laughs> Just kidding. I will eat anything, even if there's cat hair in it. Like, look at my body. Come on. But <laughs> think that there is, you know, this is a gift for people who may not want to eat. Or maybe it's, you know, they don't want to eat other people's food. Or maybe they have a restrict, restrictive diet or whatever. But the point is that it's still a handmade gift. You can make it on the cheap. And it can be really thoughtful. And it's also non-denominational or, or anything particular. Like, who doesn't want to relax? Who doesn't want to, like, feel good or smell something nice? I, I think as humans, we have, we're generally drawn by taste and smell. So these are all like kind of decent gifts, you know. But um, I think that those are surprisingly good gifts and thoughtful gifts. Yeah, I like it. And as we come up with more, we can share more as the the month goes on. And we will also um, put up links to examples for everything we talked about because I understand uh, sometimes our verbal descriptions of what we are. Uh, <laughs> suggesting you don't come through quite the way that that they might so uh, we'll put up links for examples for all these different things so that you can easily find them all in one spot hooray um yes we will we we can definitely do that (laughs) um i have more gift ideas but i agree with you i'm going to hold back a little bit and that'll keep us honest on recording our next session but a couple of these ideas are a little bit more for the, the experienced crafters 
or maybe someone who wants to be introduced to a craft. At least these gifts are the ones you can start right now. Um, and, you know, I think I think some of these are good for your coworkers kind of situation. Like, oh, I got to give something. What can I do? <laughs> so. Yeah, and the other thing I would think about is that um, they are the kinds of things where if you think about it now and go shopping now, you're not going to be feel like you're doing it last minute, <laughs> which is what really? I often end up doing. Um, <laughs> so if you think about it now and you start assembling, you know, the handful of things that you need now, you could actually do this stuff, and it might actually be fun <laughs> rather than stressful. <laughs> I'm not making any promises. Just throwing it out there. If you if you start this now, you'll have more fun wrapping it, and then that's going to make for a better presentation, and on and on and on. So yeah, think of it that way. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, shall we go into gold stars? We should. All right. What? So who do you want to give a gold star to this week? Well, it's not a who that I want to give a gold star to. It's more of a it's more of a, a thing that's happening. Um, which is just, uh, I really have enjoyed, um, getting to know my local, um, craft scene this particular winter. So, um, it seems like this year, and I know that my town and lots of towns do their thing every holiday season. Um, but this is the first time that I've really had the time to dive into it in Iowa City. Um, last year, I feel like we were still getting to know the town, and um, it still felt very new, whereas this year, I feel like we've settled into the town a bit more, so now we can go to, we kind of know which shops are going to have things that we want, and um, which shops we want to follow. Like, I follow a lot on Instagram now, and so I kind of know when they're doing you know, like when somebody who specializes in really cool vintage is going to do a pop-up shop inside of another shop that I really like. Or I can find out who's doing, like, a new um, beer release that's specifically for the holidays. And uh, Big Grove, I'm looking at you for your Richard the Whale party that we went to Saturday morning, which was awesome. So it was, like, their um, barrel-aged stout that they released several different variations of <laughs> that you could, like – buy a ticket and your ticket got you into this party, but also like four bottles of their barely stout in different varieties. Like there was a macaroon variety and a coffee variety and pot was delightful. And they had a wall of fresh donuts and it was everything I wanted. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just feel like, um, this, this particular winter, I have settled in enough that I know, where to look for the craft that I want and I'm finding really awesome stuff and I'm having I have the time to talk to the people who make them. You know, so I actually talked with the woman who made that facial spray that I mentioned, Izzy the Alchemist, about, you know, her issues sourcing the bottles that she normally uses for her sprays and she had to do something a little bit different this year and she said it's kind of been an interesting challenge and um we went to a local shop where um, they sell home goods and they were giving away um, ginger snaps that were made by a local nonagenarian who's been making their cookies for their Christmas events for like the last 30 years or something. Um, and it just, it just has been really, really nice. Like, you know, if you ever wonder how to get into the spirit, and I don't mean like the, the spirit where, like, you're singing Christmas carols and everything smells like eggnog, but, like, where you are really getting to know your neighbors and getting to know your community. Like, now is the time, and the local craft makers, uh, this is kind of when they make the majority of their money. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, if you could be supporting that and also getting to know them a little bit and feel a little more connected to your community, like, this is a really good time to do it. And it's just, it's been, it's been a fun weekend, and I'm looking forward to the rest of the month. That's, That's my, my gold star is, you know, it's the making season. It is. It's the making season. I love that it's really the time to support our local artisans. And they really do bake on this time frame. That and, like, 
maybe a few other gifting seasons, depending on what their product is. But really, this is the big one. They make their entire nest egg here. This is not even nest egg. I'm not even gonna say that. They survive because of this season. So I, I highly agree with it. And the other, my other favorite thing is whenever you give a gift from someone that's local, from someone who is, you know, not, uh, not easily accessible by a lot of other people, um, by a lot of other people. My favorite thing is knowing that I have something special. So like, you know, Island, you gave me a really cute mug from one of the makers in your neighborhood. Um, and I forget her name at the moment. What's her name again? Allison Fretheim. Yay. I love And Allison Fretheim is actually uh, opening a brick-and-mortar store early next year. Well, and I started following her on Instagram, and she even said, she was like, I can't even believe I can do this. Like, this is going to be my five-year plan, and it's a one-year plan now, like, because people love her product. When something yeah. good and takes off, like, Awesome. Be a part of that change. Be a part of that opportunity for other people. And the mug that I got from Island and Pat was so cute. It's a red clay mug, which is already kind of rare. Not a lot of people are using red clay for this. So, like, it shines as, as bright as, um, you know, a bare uh, clay mug can be. But it has a little ghost on the side that's also, like, filled in gold. It's kind mm-hmm. of incredible. There's all these little details to it that make it so special and make me enjoy my coffee every day. Like you and I, you and I have already talked before about the importance of ritual, the importance of finding beauty in your everyday things. But having that coffee in that little mug is adorable. And I love it. It's also not from Minneapolis. It's not from Los Angeles. It's not from Ann Arbor. It's from Iowa city. And I love that. So I'd rather have a, an entire area of my kitchen devoted to like weird one-off mugs because they all remind me of really important things or important people or moments in my life. And I love that they're not, you know, from Ikea. And I love Ikea, make no mistake. But I do think that these gifts, especially when it comes to, like, mugs, glassware, home goods, people really appreciate. They love the feeling of it. You can feel that someone made it. And I mm-hmm. know someone made the Ikea stuff, too. But this is a little different. It's just a little different. And it's important to, like, have these moments of something that feels a little heavier, a little bit stronger, a little bit um personalized. I think that's yeah. really fantastic. I agree. So I'm gonna give my gold star to something that will help support this. Mm. So And we didn't even plan it. We didn't. But here it goes. It is a very tough month for people who I don't know what you do for a living. I don't know what your planning is. Maybe you're really good at budgeting, maybe you're not. But one of the tricks I have in my repertoire, which, by the way, most people have this, this, you know, this tip, this trick in their repertoire, is relying on reusing their goods, repurposing things to make more things, right? In this instance, it's about soup, and it's about slow cooking. One of the things mm. that really get me through this season, especially budget-wise, is repurposing things that I buy once and making it into a stock or something else or a soup. And my gold star, my gold star is going to the thriftiness because sometimes you need to be reminded of how easy these things can be. Or if you think you don't have time to make it, you have a, most people have a crock pot or a slow cooker. Most people have this. And if you don't have it, you can go to a thrift store and buy one for like under $8. There's no excuse for not having something that will make your life easier. You can make a lot of your stock if you're using bones or vegetables. You can do it in a slow cooker while you're asleep. So there's a lot of things that we can do and repurpose and reuse on a food level that I think are really, really great. So I've, yesterday I made a, um, I made a lentil and ham soup from a ham that um, Chris and I had purchased. We bought a ham that was really large that we knew that we were going to have to freeze half of it because, like, there's no way that we're going to eat all of it all the time. But we planned it all out so that we would have a ham bone to put into lentil soup to, you know, slow cook on our range. Like, we just put it down on a very low temperature for a few hours. Meanwhile, the rotisserie chickens that you buy from, like, your grocery store, I'm guilty as hell. I love them. You're also buying them for way cheaper than a whole raw chicken. Um, 
I've tried a few. I put two in a slow cooker along with all of my scraps of vegetables, you know, tops and bottoms of, you know, carrots and peppers and celery. I put all that stuff into a, a bag, like a Ziploc bag in my freezer. And actually, I got that tip from you, Island. Um, but once I get to that, you know, point, I don't throw any anything that could be made into something tasty. I don't throw it away. And I love that. But I think a lot of people don't know because they think onion skins are trash, and they're not. That's still tons of flavor. Or maybe you get to the middle of your garlic bulb, and it's just all the little bits. Let's fucking throw that in there. You're gonna be fucking golden. It's gonna be great. Um, but I, I freeze all of that stuff into a Ziploc bag, and I throw it all with the carcasses of those two chickens into a, a slow cooker for like eight hours on low. You have the best stock you've ever had. There's no. And it makes all the rest of your cheap ass food taste really good too. So I, <laughs> I only ever make rice couscous, uh, anything that requires, like, water to reconstitute it in some way or to cook it in some way, I only ever make it in stock, and it makes it taste like I did something to it when I didn't, really. (laughs) Exactly. And I'm not going to say I don't use instant, you know, bouillon and things like that in other places in my life. I totally do. But if you have the opportunity, do it. Make the use of it. And I feel like we have gotten so far removed from where our our meals come from sometimes. And I'm maybe this is just me. I'm just, re- you know, I'm projecting onto everybody else. But this whole bone broth obsession makes me really kind of, kind of ornery. It makes me kind of ornery. <laughs> <laughs> buy the meat. Buy the thing and then use the bones. Like, I, I got to tell you, I still have a beef bone. I have, like, a big old giant beef bone. I can't even remember which one it's from. But I had some amazing – we had an amazing cut of beef. And it's in my fridge ready for French uh, French onion soup. I've just been waiting to put it out and bring it out and make it awesome. But these are things I cannot throw away. And I'm so thankful that I hold on to them because it also pulls me through on my budget. I, I'm, like, waxing on about how tasty everything is. But this is what allows me – to really feel warm and tasty and full and, like, happy, and then also to buy these artisan goods. Like, I'm freeing myself up. I'm changing my budget plan so that I can afford these goods that I think are really good for other people. Like, I'm not out there buying a Campbell's, you know, can of soup. That Campbell's can of soup, it might only be $2, but for the bulk of what you're receiving, it's not that great. Like, you can make... You make an entire soup for two dollars, so it's like you make an entire. I say entire soup, but you take a, make an entire pot of soup that will feed you for like three or four lunches for two dollars versus buying it canned. And I know it looks like a good deal, but I'm just saying there's so much more opportunity to what you have. So my big old. Star, well, it's a big it's a big issue that the United States has, which is a topic for an entirely different podcast. Is our <laughs> issues with food waste. Absolutely. Um, I agree. And I'm rambling and I'm passionate about it. But, you know, making my own stock makes me feel in control of what I'm doing, how I'm spending my money, and making things last. And also, it's what makes the soups that you buy when you go to a restaurant so good. They're not throwing that shit away. They're remaking it into stock. Always. Always. No one not. Mm -hmm. So, anyway. Long story short, if you want to be able to afford all these special things that make a holiday season important to you and support your local artisans or support your local farmers or support all these other things that met, that really matter to you in your heart, change your budget with your food. I think that's a really big thing right now, um, especially once it gets, win- you know, the winter hours, <laughs> the winter time, the, the temperatures. You can, you can have this stuff cook a little bit longer in a slow cooker, so – and it won't uh, heat up your house. You know what I'm saying? So, anyway, that was a really long, drawn-out story. But that's where my gold star is going to, is reusing your goods, using a slow cooker. Amen. Well, like you said, it's just, it is the season of making. So that includes food, which, you know, I think the other thing I didn't mention is that, you know, Part of the crafting that I've been doing has, well, I should say, most of the crafting that I've been doing that's been needlework has been for gifts, which is why I'm not talking about it, um, because I want <laughs> to say surprises. But also, um, 
I have definitely gotten more into cooking with my the spare time that I do have because it does really feel warming and comforting to do that. And I also don't have huge amounts of time, so I do the same thing you do. I sort of like I find recipes that I could ignore for long periods of time, and that <laughs> if I ignore them, nothing bad's going to happen. Like I think you probably remember last Christmas or two Christmases ago, we had um, Christmas Day cassoulet. <laughs> so it's basically like this super heavy bean stew um, that you throw in whatever, like, leftover bits of sausage you have, leftover bits of ham, beans, uh, vegetables, all that stuff, and you just ignore it for a very long time. Um, And if you ignore it for too long, it's still cassoulet, basically. Like, you can come back too soon, but you can't come back too late for it to be good, you know? Um, And that's kind of how I am... I'm enjoying that that well, skill while still not having huge enough free time. Well, and I gotta add that you can still make these things very bougie, very fancy if you'd like to. Because I, I believe that that dish that you had just mentioned, we bought a, a duck breast. Right? Oh, we bought duck confit because I was not interested in trying to make a duck confit myself. Oh, um, okay. So there was a cheaper way of doing it, and at that point in my life, I had more money than time. So uh-huh. we bought <laughs> duck confit. But, yeah, there are cheaper ways of doing it. Um, oh, I'm just saying that that was a way that felt very – for Christmas, that was our Christmas meal. And yeah, it was, it was it was bougie as hell, absolutely. <laughs> it was, I'm, but, you know, for what you spent on that duck confit, we all feasted. You know, like six – you know, six, seven people? Feasted, and we all felt so full and happy because it was a really fatty, delicious thing that got added to our soup. You know, it's so good. Um, but yeah, so I'm a big fan, a big, 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 big fan of the slow cooker and repurposing what we buy because there's so often we just throw things out because we're just it's in the way, it's it's waste, it's whatever. But it this is a time where I save my money. Yeah, in order to buy gifts for people. So I have to rethink everything. Love the challenge. Every, like I joked with someone the other day, when I used to get really, um, a lot of overdraft fees because I was so bad at managing myself and my money, it was my best creative time. I would schedule a certain amount of money that I would give myself if I knew I was going to overdraft. And I would go to a grocery store and I would, I would plan out meals for weeks. It took that kind of pressure to make me think that way, and I love that. And I since not had over withdrawal fees or withdrawal fees, but um, it's something that kind of puts the pressure on me to think differently about how I feed myself or how I feed others and how to live a luxurious life within the budget. And um, I'm not going to act like those moments weren't that long ago. There were definitely a few years ago when these moments were happening, but it made it. It made me want to cook the way I do because I know how to make it work. I know how to make it last. And beans and rice and root vegetables will change your life if you give that time to it, if you look for the right price of those things. Mind-blowing. So, anyway, blah, 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 blah. I'm done now. (laughs) I've waxed on too long, and I'm probably, like, frustrating people. But, anyways, just trying to say, slow cook soup. Gonna be, it's going to be brilliant no matter what you do. So, anyway. <laughs> um, is there anything else we should do before we close up the show? No, I don't think so. But thank oh. everybody for listening. And being patient with us while we were figuring out our travel schedules so that we're still here. We're still present. We're just not on schedule. Sorry about that. Yeah. Sorry. We're, but we're working on it, but, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> Our subscribers know that, like, once that episode is up, it gets downloaded to their inbox. So, or not their inbox, but you know, their their uh, their feed of uh, of the programming. So, thank you guys, appreciate it. So, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, if you want to find show notes uh, and all the links that we mentioned that we would post, those will be at um, stitchcraftsisters.com. And we will also have a link to that on our Instagram profile, which is Stitchcraft Sisters. 
Uh, you can also find us on Ravelry. Uh, we have a Stitchcraft podcast group, and uh, you can find me on Ravelry as Trouble City. Um, and, yeah, if you want to do us a solid, you can always give us a review on iTunes, um, because if you review on iTunes, then that makes it more likely that other people who are looking for this material will find us. Yay! Even, like, on iTunes, you can even just list star reviews over uh, written reviews. So, just a heads up, it could be real quick. Yeah, if you don't want to attach your name to anything, just click on some of the stars and just say you don't want to say any, you know, you don't want to type <laughs> anything out about it, and that's fine, too. Just let you all know. Um, it doesn't have to be so clear. But you can just, make it, <laughs> you can just add what you want to say. <laughs> that's all. Or or choose your stars. So uh, thank you guys so much for listening, and uh, we will catch you next time. Bye. Bye.